Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good afternoon, listeners. This is the DOGS program. The Australian Council for the Defence of Government Schools are here every week to defend and to promote public education. And, of course, it's been a week in which we've had a lot of political um, nonsense, really. The, the, the idea that Mr Shorten is going to start an auction on behalf of the Catholic Church uh, and their schools has been very interesting, but... I have some good news. That's bad news. We get so sick of the rituals, don't we? There's been one ritual after another this year. There's been the ritual of the wealthy schools. There's been the ritual of the funding uh, of these wealthy schools. Uh, There's been the ritual of uh, the ATARs and there's been the ritual of the um, My School website and the uh, NAPLAN. And we have some good news from Sweden. And this news comes from the Secular Party in Britain. So our press release 741 at www.adogs.info. The Swedish governing party plans to end religious free schools, which means that they are planning to make sure that if... um, religious schools want to run or religious want to run their schools and they have to pay for it and the taxpayer doesn't. And also to provide all children with a good education regardless of their background, gender or religion. As Australia sinks even deeper into the mire of divisive, expensive, inefficient and unequal education provision for our nation's children, the Swedish government has the wit to get out of it. So Dogs believe Australia should follow their lead. On the 13th of March, the National Secular Society of the UK posted the following news on its website. The governing party in Sweden is going to propose ending the role of publicly funded religious free schools in its manifesto for the country's autumn general election. In a press release on Tuesday, the Social Democratic Party said, Religious influence has no home in Swedish schools because the Social Democrats want schools to provide all children with a good education regardless of their background, gender or religion. Now, Sweden has only got about 70-plus religious schools, not like Australia that's got about 2,000-odd. The majority of them are Christian About 11 of them are Islamic and a handful of them are Jewish, but most of the country's schools are run by local authorities. 
The Social Democrats' policy would apply to schools which are publicly funded and must follow government guidelines on the curriculum but otherwise operate independently. The National Secular Society said the move should remind politicians in the UK and also in Australia, the dogs add, to take on the pro-faith schools lobby. So there you are. Perhaps Simon Birmingham is right to take on the Catholic lobby because he's paying them more and more and more billions of dollars. There's very little difference at the end of the day between Mr Birmingham and Mr Shorten and Ms Plibersek, really. But it's time that the money, the billions of dollars going out the leaky sieve into the bureaucracies, the religious bureaucracies that are unaccountable, it's time it just stopped and we took them over. It would cost so much less. Now, Alastair Lecton, who is the National um, Secular Society's Education and Schools Officer in the UK, said that we often hear that it's too hard to take on religious interests in our education system, but this is the reminder that it's both desirable and possible to roll back their influence. And the politicians in the United Kingdom and the dogs say in Australia should take note. So over in England, the National Secular Society is campaigning for an open and inclusive education system, and here in Australia, the dogs are doing the same. So there's, um, there's a lot of other interesting material, which you will find on our website at www.adogs.info. Uh, and now we have something really quite special for you this afternoon. We've got some really genuine literary people who are genuinely funny. It's very, very hard to be both literary and it's enormously hard to be funny. Robert is going to interview these people if you stay with us for a fun afternoon. These listener sponsors who keep the radio station going, when you become a listener sponsor, you get a part of this radio station. You get a little part of it. It's yours. You get a little share of it. It's 3CR Subscriber Drive, and we're asking you to show your love for 3CR. Support your favourite show by calling us on 9419 8377 or online 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. $35 unwaged, $70 waged or 150 solidarity. Subscribe to 3CR today. People lining up uh, out in the street, uh, out in Smith Street and Collingwood, lining up to take out their list of sponsorship. Good afternoon. Today, 11 medium to large truths were found dead, with 17 others injured, feared dead, in multiple incidents across the city. 14 other small to medium-sized truths, possibly injured, are also dead, while many of the dead or dying truths in the initial incident remain dead. Two immaterial truths unrelated to the secondary incident are alive, feared dead, whereas up to 27 unrelated truths remain unaffected by these terrible events in a critical condition. Several other truths of variable worth and account are missing, having died repeatedly and are feared dead. 
There is also grave concern for their whereabouts, which, at this stage, is unknown, although the investigation is preliminary and ongoing. Yes, for our regular listeners, don't be concerned or adjust your dab radios or in your car. You're still listening to the Dogs program, but as promised earlier, we actually have some guests in the studios. You've been listening to the dulcet tones of Cameron Seavers, who's actually putting on a performance called Songs for Simon Birmingham, a lifestyle choice at La Mama Theatre, starting on the 28th of March, I think. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. That's correct. Actually, we don't just have Cameron here in the studio. We have Claire, Claire Nichols as well. Welcome to the Dogs program, Claire. Thanks for having me. Oh, good, good to have you. <laughs> Truths. This sounds like some kind of news break from American cable news. Yeah. Truths dead and alternate facts mm. um, in, in, in critical condition. Yep. What you're talking about in this play, and we've got you on here for a very good reason, because two words you've mentioned in the title, Simon Birmingham, mm. who is currently uh, our national... Yeah, I have to keep laughing when I say <laughs> He's currently our national education minister. And the reason I'm laughing is that several years ago, as... Cameron notes in the title of these collections of, of, of work at the Mama Theatre, Simon Birmingham mentioned that the art subjects, that is music, and something very close to my heart, as any regular listener would know, and painterising on, on canvases and stuff, and, and that's art, and then um, like plays and stuff. Yeah, that's all a lifestyle choice. They're not the foundations of civilization as we know it. <laughs> not at all. They're, they're all lifestyle choices because Mr. Simon Birmingham's all about the three R's or something else, the core subjects rather than non-core subjects. This, from what I'm guessing, got under Cameron's skin, this, this very statement. Can you explain a little bit more why Simon Birmingham and his lifestyle choices prompted you to get down and do some writing? Well, the statement itself was a couple of years ago and, and obviously I stored that one up. And it comes down to the, the sad fact that uh, some people can only see what they can measure. And there are so many intangibles uh, to a good life and the commodification of, of, of absolutely everything from education to art itself is something that one feels more prominently uh, every single waking hour of one's life and so a lot of these sketches uh, actually existed so some of these sketches are 10 to 12 to 15 years old some of them are brand new some of them are 2016 2017 so I just felt that Without actually being didactic about it, I felt that just something had to be said in a sketch cycle that addresses lifestyle choices. Now, the lifestyle choice aspect is not just a left-wing rant against a conservative politician, but it, it, it is lifestyle choices in relation to my colleague here sitting to my left who has been an actor for 15 or so years and has, has battled and battled and battled and battled away in a country, you know, enduring predominantly conservative politicians and their approach to arts policy. You, you say you're not going to um, be didactic about it. Would well, That's okay. I'm, I'm happy to be didactic for, <laughs> for, for, for both of us. Mm. This whole concept, I mean, of painting, art, mm. music, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the expression of human beings mm. outside what would be termed electricity and plumbing, mm-hmm. these deeply human expressions that have gone ever since human beings on the planet are now, have now been confined or siloed or ghettoised into Indeed. something like a lifestyle choice. And this isn't, to my mind, um, and I'd like to come back to this, you're talking about left-wing and right-wing, conservative mm. and, 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 and progressive. Mm. I don't think that this question of whether art is a lifestyle choice or not has anything to do with whether someone is conservative or not. I think you might find a lot of conservatives would find that, that their you know, six trips to the opera every yes, year uh, are essential to, to their well-being. But I think, I think the conservative 
Um, I think the conservative mindset, though, mm. Robert, always wants to get a measurement yes. out of it. It always wants to say, you know, what's the good of good? Mm. You know, is good a good thing? Why? Why is good? A, what, what percentage can we get from good? Mm. Do you know? Indeed. And it's a failure to understand the intangible. Well, I mean, I want to bring it back, of course, because we're here talking about education, to the, to the context of education, because mm. you're talking about Simon Bowman, he's the Minister for Education, mm. and as often I've heard sitting in various teachers' meetings, if a thing's worth doing, it's worth assessing well. <laughs> How well it's actually done is, is, is of no mind and no matter, yeah. and I think you're trying to perhaps get to the heart of, of this same problem. Yeah. Now, obviously, if you're a businessman and, and, and you're making the thing that makes you the money, the assessment of that process means you either make more or less money. Mm. Uh, the better your data is, that's fine. But education, I find to be a, a very different beast. Do you think Simon Birmingham is treating education of the children of Australia as a business and is measuring it as such? Or do you think that perhaps you're commenting on the fact that this is just the wrong way to go about it? Uh, well, indeed. I think that uh, it's more a global ideology. I mean, you get on a train... You're told that you're a customer. Uh, you're yes. told that you're yes. a customer. You're, you're not a traveller. You're not a commuter. Mm. You're a customer. Well, so well, you're not a citizen. Y- you're not a citizen. <laughs> Actually, you're a number. You're a zero or a one. Yeah. And so I think that with Birmingham, I mean, the, the, the horror of the Simon Birmingham notion is that he's supposed to be a small L liberal. He's supposed to be a moderate, which is uh, which is extraordinary. But I think it's a global phenomenon. If I, if I'm honest uh, with you, Robert, that we we have to be. It is deemed. We have to be uh, more exacting and measurement, for the sake of measurement, is how a lot of people go about it. I'm a teacher as well and I can tell you now some of the best lessons I've ever done, lessons that exact nothing measurable <laughs> and uh, intangible in their outcome and they leave, the, the, the lessons end and the students leave and they think. Yes. Yeah. As a teacher um, mm. myself, I can say that I would just have to agree with you. I mean, you just have to agree with you. The, the intent- and that is one of the most impossible things to ever communicate to people, mm. to most people, in mm. fact, that, that when you become, and you, you would appreciate this, Robert, I'm sure, when you, when you are an experienced teacher, a, a lot of times you're, you don't even have a lesson plan written down. I'm sorry, Simon, Mr Birmingham, but you don't actually have a lesson because you know what? You're a good teacher, you're a competent teacher, and it doesn't have to be in bullet points, it doesn't have to be measured, it doesn't have to be there. It's just that I have done postgraduate studies in literature, I have done a master's from London, and I know stuff, and I can teach it. Hmm. And it doesn't need some sort of crazy outcome, and the students will come back, and they will, they will pay their fee, and they will come back, and they will keep coming back, because they know they're getting something. Yes, well, the whole pay-your-fee thing is a problem that we have here at the Dogs. Mm. Um, quite frankly, what you're talking about as an educational experience is something that is, is, is the birthright of every Australian citizen mm. from their birth. Mm. Mm. They actually have that as a birthright. It's not something that you should pay for to get mm. a gold standard or a bronze standard mm. or, or, a, mm. or, a, or a dirt poor, whatever it takes standard. Every child should have that opportunity as far as we're concerned. So there we are. I am being didactic for, for, <laughs> for both of us indeed. Now, I'd like to actually get back to this, to this wonderful performance mm. you're putting on between the 28th of March and the 8th of April at La Mama Theatre, is that right? That's correct. Yes, that, that wonderful place. So head on down to, to have a listen to more of what's going on. Actually, we're going to have an exit, I think, from the performance. Is that all right? Can, sure. I, can I call upon Cameron and Claire to, to let people know what they've got a taste for after these messages? Want to support 3CR's diverse and independent voices? Donate now by calling 9419 8377. 
or donate online at www.3cr.org.au or post us a cheque or money order to Post Office Box 1277, Collingwood 3066. Welcome back to the Dogs Program here on 3CR 855 on the AM dial or indeed podcast on the WWWs. You can get more information. Listen to this very interesting interview again on the webs um, and from our website as well at www.adogs.info and from there you can find the links to the podcast. As I say, uh, this beautiful and interesting play, which I'm turning up to, and I suggest listeners turn up to as well, uh, we have an excerpt from it here. Uh, This particular excerpt, I think, relates to something that I've been through far too many of, which, of course, is parent-teacher interviews. Mrs Johnston. Last Tuesday, he poured Manuka honey over the school mascot. The pet rabbits, the school community rabbits we have for transitioning year sixes, on Friday he glued their ears together. He blogs regularly about what he sees as the growing need to invade Belgium. Surely that's just words. Words backed by his recent invasion of the multi-purpose indoor sporting complex and subsequent confiscation of team-based sporting equipment. Furthermore, his participation and overall effort in religious education classes is so terrible that we've had to redesign the marking system. I'm afraid we have no choice but to exclude him. You can't exclude him. I mean, he can be a trifle spirited. His terrible maiming of four people this term is deeply vexing, Mrs Johnston, and the pillaging, which we thought we had under relative control, has increased by 27% since the mid-term break. I'm sorry, pillaging? He pillages. It's a term the millennials use. It means... I don't want to know... What I want to know is, what are you going to do about it? Mrs Johnston, Ivan's terrible attitude... Don't call Ivan terrible. I didn't call Ivan terrible. I said he has a terrible attitude. I pay thousands of pounds a year in school fees for you to mould my son's attitude into whatever... Mrs Johnston, there's only so much the subcommittee can do. What do you mean? There's been an escalation. It seems that your son has developed the pathological need to seize private property. We have it on good authority that the terrible theft of Bradley Doggett's metal ruler was accompanied by uncontrollable rage. He is a voracious reader. Such an imagination that has nonetheless brought three attempts to abolish the Student Representative Council and the House system in general. And he's quite good at the trombone. He runs a protection racket out of the Key Stage 3 general area, for heaven's sake. I'm sorry, Simon. His father isn't around quite as much. Ivan craves strong male role models. It's only natural. It's left a real gap in his psychosocial development. I never imagined that Paul's elevation to cabinet minister would have created so many pressures. Still, we have many students from homes that are actually broken, Mrs Johnston. Not all of them march on the head teacher's office with fire and a loyal garrison. He told me he was doing outdoor Shakespeare. Mrs Johnston, you're a terribly well-respected member of the school community. You really are. Does it have to be exclusion? He'll never live it down. He's very sensitive. I'm afraid it is a policy that this government and people like your husband have strongly advocated for many years. And I'll be having a strong word to people like my husband. Can't you see that it's the policy of exclusion that encourages Ivan's... Sometimes challenging attention deficit tendencies. You blame the school's exclusion policy for Ivan's, let's be honest, terrible conduct? I assure you, Mrs Johnston, a lot can be done to address the level of parental neglect. Parental neglect? How quickly we forget. Tell me, Simon, 
Was it my husband's parental neglect that enabled the school to acquire its Ofsted rating? Mrs Johnston, the outstanding Ofsted rating was well and truly in the bag... ...for the ongoing financial support of my husband when he worked in the private sector? Look, we could probably overlook some of the maimings and the unexplained disappearances of certain members of the school leadership group, but I have to say, may I call you Rhonda? Of course. The thing is, Rhonda... The thing that irks us the most is that we have a very strict uniform policy. Ivan's, and, and I'm sorry to have to raise it again, Rhonda, Ivan's terrible disrespect for the school uniform is something we simply cannot tolerate. He says he finds it uncomfortable. Rhonda, everyone finds the school uniform uncomfortable, but we can't make exceptions. So, if he made more of an effort with the uniform, you'd look the other way on the property seizures, the invasions, the maiming, the pillaging, the anger management and the lack of achievement in religious education? I can't promise anything, although it would certainly work in your favour. This is a terribly inclusive environment, as you know, and it would be a terrible shame if a vibrant and perhaps at times wayward youth were not given another chance. That would be terrible. And I promise to do something about the nickname. Nickname? He hasn't said anything? Ivan's being bullied. I'm sure Ivan the Entitled is not something he can't handle. But still, it's victimisation of this magnitude that shouldn't go unpunished. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more, Rhonda. And I'm sure the online spying network is nothing more than an elaborate game for imaginative little boys. Welcome back to the Dogs Program here on 3CR 855 on the AM dial. Lots of giggling happening in this, here in the studio after that, and I'm sure out there in Radio Land as well. That was Cameron Sievers and Claire Nichols performing just one tiny part of a play called Song for Simon Birmingham, a lifestyle choice at La Mama Theatre between the 28th of March and the 8th of April. I just have to say, um, Ofsted, I... I personally find that reference fascinatingly and hilariously funny, having been through three of them myself. But for our Australian listeners, that's kind of like my school on steroids. Um, it's kind of like a big exam for the school where, where everything's rated. But I'm going to I'm, I'm rate that sketch as um, excellent um, <laughs> as, opposed, as was, opposed to needs improvement. I don't, that, I don't think you need to work on that at all. Was, that a, good, Claire, Claire was, that, a, was that a good outcome, Robert? Uh, well, um, outcomes-based assessment. All I can say, it was done very efficiently. Right. Um, mm. It's a Accountability and effectiveness need we, work. We, um, <laughs> we did streamline it uh, for the program, just for uh, you. That's okay. Well, yeah. I, I have to say that you've improved my well-being quotient by <laughs> a significant Gosh. percentage uh, through this performance. As you know, Robert, it's all about well-being and participation. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be in it to win it, as they say. Oh, look, look, uh, we can go on like this all day, can't we? Yeah. But we shan't. I'd like to know more about this play, because we've heard a little bit of it here on the radio. I'd like to know more about... Well, you've told us a bit about why, what mm. prompted you to, Mr Birmingham coming up saying well, that, that yeah. even the function of you writing this and doing this is, is your lifestyle choice. Is, is, that, is that right? Mm. That's, that's broadly, broadly it. I mean, it's, uh, this is going to sound a little bit weepy, but it's oh. uh, jolly difficult to be a writer, a director and an actor <laughs> in Australia. It's just as simple as that. I was talking to a, Skyping actually, a, a friend in London uh, last night who's a, you know, she's got her own uh, women's theatre company and and I was just trying to explain to her that um, this is going to upset a few people. Um, we technically don't have professional theatres for writers here. We don't have access to them. We do have access to London, however, and that is something that's extraordinary uh, but true. And I was trying to explain this to a Londoner 
a, a Londoner or anyone from the world actually can access the Royal Court Theatre or the Bush Theatre or Theatre 503 or a range of other writers' theatres and they can be rejected too or they could be accepted or they could be shortlisted or they could be longlisted but ultimately they have access to mm. it. And when you have a culture that, you know, let's face it, Britain's going through hell at the moment, but essentially it is still producing excellent writing for theatre and television because it understands that, gee, writers are a bit, they're a bit obscure. Hmm. They, they aren't necessarily mainstream people. Oh, they, they, they come from all sorts. And so hmm. we've got to find, we've got to have a methodology, we've got to have a system, a cultural system that can actually find them. So it is a weird irony that, yeah, I have greater access to London than, um, than Melbourne. Hmm. So, um, ridiculous. I'm going I'm to ask you a really tricky question oh, here, please. and you might not even like it. I may not. So who should pay for it? Uh, should it be BHP? Um, should it be the Ian Potter Foundation? Uh, should yeah. it be me? Should I pay for you to have, because uh, I'm a taxpayer, I pay, mm. I pay tax, honest I do, yeah. and yeah. should it be me? And if it's me, um, yeah. who, who gets to decide how much and where? Is that me or some? Who gets to do this? Um, is it through, back in the 18th, mm. 17th century, the beneficent, you know, the, the, the goodwill of yeah. very rich people, like, like mm. kings and lords and nobles, yeah. who are trying to oppress each other? Mm. Or should it be, in a democracy, should it be me, the taxpayer? Should, should I cough up? It's a jolly tricky question. I'm glad you asked it. <laughs> Ooh. He's, give, he's given me a warning look here. <laughs> I wasn't a warning look. I've watched Q&A. I know what good question glad you asked it actually yeah. means. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee. Well, I actually think that Australia is going to have to have a serious look in the mirror in relation to taxation, and I do think we all should be paying more tax. Yeah, uh, you, can, you, you can have my three cents. That's fine. Because yeah. no, I actually agree with that as the answer. Mm. Um, I think that the, the idea of taxation has always been poorly communicated. If you look at a lot of yeah. clever countries, Scandinavian countries, Northern European countries, no. they, un they yeah. understand yeah. taxation and look at their societies yeah. and so, what they actually do. So should it be a, a state-run uh, writer's theatre, like in North Korea? Well, I don't know about that, Robert. <laughs> but uh, I, I do know that... We have a problem here. We have a, we're only twenty odd, twenty five million people. Yeah. That's um, enough, though. Uh, that's yeah, enough. probably uh, enough. It's more than that's enough. That's not small. No, anymore. it's not small. When you look at when you look at some of those you know, smaller. Ireland's got three million. Norway's got yeah, three and a half yeah. million people I guess, in the country. I yeah. guess the thing is, and again, it's going to upset some people, but it's just not really a writer's culture. End of story. It's just not. Was it ever? I mean, now, now, now we're going off into wonderful questions mm. of history. But was it ever? You know, we talk about Banjo Patterson and, and the Bush poets and all that sort of stuff. And, well, I mean, was yeah. it ever a writer's culture? Well, I mean, did we lose it or was, was, it, was it never there? There was certainly higher literacy. Yeah. Yes. You know, if you look at people... I've got measurements on that. You're yes. right, yeah, yeah. Well, you've only got to look at the letter writing yes. from 150 years ago mm. uh, to know that the literacy was uh, in the world, actually, was, mm. was much higher. If you look oh. at, even, even in the US, if you look at Civil War soldiers writing letters to their mm. wives, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's masterful. Wonderful, beautiful. Compared they they to took the care and the time. Yeah. As opposed yeah. to me looking at the notes I'm taking for this interview, yeah, which, which I can't read myself. Oh, it's, it's yeah. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> so everything's fallen down. Mm. Look, I'm, I'm taking us down a rabbit hole here. We could talk all day about this, it's I'm fine. sure. But let's get back to the song for Simon Birmingham. Yeah. Um, what's it for? What is this, what is this song cycle? Is, is song cycle the right word? Look, song cycle is actually a little bit of a, a, bit of a, a satirical thing. It's not songs at all. It's got nothing to do with songs whatsoever. There are no songs. It's all sketch. It's sketch comedy. If it's like the last one, I'm going. Yeah. yeah. It's a sketch cycle. 
There is, is simply, so? yeah. there is simply far too much music theatre in Melbourne. That's <laughs> <laughs> as simple as Controversial it. opinions here on the Dogs yeah. Program on 3CR 855. Well, I'm here. I might never come back. If I'm here, I might as well... <laughs> I might as well say something. Well, absolutely right. I think we'll pause now for a few messages from um, from from the community because yeah. everyone's a sponsor here we, at 3CR. We live in a community. Absolutely. Uh, well, here at 3CR, imagine. we certainly do. <laughs> so we'll be we'll be back to answer the question of what on earth is the song cycle for in Birmingham for after these messages. <laughs> We know you love our 3CR Radical Radio T-shirts, and so do we. They're a bargain at $20 for adults and $15 for kids, and come in black, white, grey, and a cool light blue. To nab one of these beauties, drop into the station at 21 Smith Street, or order by phoning 9419-8377. Or you can visit us online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Come on, you know you want one. Welcome back to the Dogs Program here on 3CR 855 on the AM dial and podcast on the WWWs. Back to Cameron. You're about to tell me what the song cycle for Simon Birmingham is for. Oh, God, what's it for? Um, <laughs> well, perhaps I'll answer that question, the grab In a world where 11 medium to large truths are found dead, where plumbers audition for the role of unblocking your toilet, and the Minister of Education pitches Hamlet to at least one dummy, will Gordon escape the gratuitous sniffing and independent reader's carriage? And in such a world where people eat dog shit on New Year's Eve but secretly crave cat shit instead, where fire and rabbits happily coexist, and where 1,113 people like the fact that your pulse rate is off the chart, Will Gertrude find her dildo? Song for Simon Birmingham, A Lifestyle Choice, is a literary sketch comedy cycle that pokes its nose into some very dangerous and perverse nooks and crannies. All bases are loaded, all sensitivities breached, including national security, mental health, education, politics, internet privacy, equality, Hollandaise sauce and the housing crisis. There is even a quiz show for dead people, a Faustian auction in which a child is dismembered, and a language-based cricket bat-wielding chemist whose dispensation of Valium is entirely dependent on the quality of the script. What's it for? One thing that I uh, cry about uh, regularly is the dramatic situation, and that is to say all of these sketches have a definable dramatic situation, okay? And that's, that's what um, we, we spoke about right from the start, didn't we? Indeed. That there is, um, you know, there, there is, there is theatre, there is... There is writing, there is things on the stage, but you, you don't just get to be on the stage and think that if you're on a stage, that in itself is a dramatic situation. Okay? Mm. That's what my learning has come to, to understand that in a short space of time, and some of these sketches are a minute and a half, some of these sketches are two minutes, that is going to house a dramatic situation. It's going to house the conundrum of, I can't be here in this space. I can't be anywhere but here in this space. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing that over a seven-minute sketch cycle, a sketch or a two-minute sketch or whatever it is, a 30-second sketch, you're not really writing drama. And, and that's, um, that's what we bring to this, uh, 
to this uh, sketch cycle. Yeah. Through through the medium of um, Simon Birmingham's interesting ideas. Yeah. I'd love to hear some more. Would Claire? Would you and Cameron be be ever so kind to we will do to, to have another little sneak preview just for our listeners? Sure. But I do suggest um, this is a tiny little piece of what's going on. And if you really want to hear what's going on, you have to turn up. Mm. You have to turn up to La Mamba on the 28th of March through the 8th of April. Mm. Um, yeah, let's just have another little another little taste of what you'll hear when you turn up. Your heart rate's fine, Mr. Hanrahan. Then how do you account for my anxiety? Why do you think you have anxiety? I told you, the online article I was reading last Thursday said that people my age should be online for a lot longer, for at least 30 hours per week. How old are you? 21 to 44. Let me just check. According to this online article uploaded last Friday, you've been reading the wrong online articles, Mr. Hanrahan. (laughs) I had no idea. Precisely why it's important to have regular checkups. And is that common? Is it common for people to read the wrong online articles? As illnesses go, there has been a definite spike. And how ill would you say I am? I mean, is it contagious? Is, is there a cure? Well, according to this recently uploaded online article, you're more well since lying about your age range. Who posted that? Someone who loves you. Or perhaps hates you. Does she have a name? Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro hates or perhaps loves me. What should I do? Your blood pressure is on the high side. What should I do about the internet? There's nothing you can do about the internet, Mr Hanrahan. I mean, what have I ever done to Robert De Niro? According to recent blogging activity, you questioned his acting range and went on an anti-misogynist rant based on your inability to forgive him for the rape scene in Once Upon a Time in America. I did all that? I must have been extremely unwell. Shall I check your pulse, Mr Hanrahan? The latest online polling suggests that your pulse rate is off the charts. My pulse is fine. It was a sample size of 1,113 people, Mr Hanrahan. 1,113 people think that my pulse rate is off the charts? 1,113 people like the fact that your pulse rate is off the charts. Ed Sheeran thinks that your pulse rate is awkward and ungainly and not in keeping with funky rhythms. The poll was conducted by Ed Sheeran? According to the internet, the poll was conducted by Ed Sheeran. It seems that your online activity is greater than you thought, Mr Hanrahan. I can check your pulse to confirm, if you'd like. It does have a slightly ungainly beat. Barbara Streisand might have a point. Who's Barbara Streisand? He's been retweeting your allergy symptoms all afternoon. Apparently you had a fructose hangover. I wouldn't get too anxious about things. The Daily Telegraph website reports that anxiety is down 6% in some regions, regardless of internet usage and age range, and that there's a 4.9% chance that Robert De Niro is a mythical beast, and that as far as mythical beasts go, he is also a very fine actor who may have been quoted as saying... Your stool sample is slightly changed. Your internet's different to mine, Doctor. There's only one internet, Mr Hanrahan. If you really are, Mr Gordon Hanrahan. Of course I'm Gordon Hanrahan. Right, Gordon. How about that prostate check? Yeah, welcome back to the Dogs Program. You've been listening again to Cameron and Claire um, in a little excerpt from Songs for Simon Birmingham, a show at La Mama, just in a couple of days' time, which I highly recommend, and I'm sure if you've been listening to that, you'd, you'd be turning up as well. Um, Claire, Claire, we haven't heard much from you. You've been involved in this, the, the process of making this come to life mm-hmm. from the very beginning, is that right? I have indeed, yes. So what's your take on, on this whole lifestyle choice? Are, are you doing this as a lifestyle choice, all this work you've been putting in? Well, well, everything's a lifestyle choice, really, isn't it? Like, if you, you know, it's your job as well. It's also mm. my job. Well, based on sort of what you were saying before, I mean, I wouldn't. There's no way I would have been able to go to the university. I went to drama school in Ballarat, a Fed Uni. It was Bapa when I went there, and I would not have been able to complete that tertiary course if I was not able to get 
government assistance. Yeah. I guess what I'd like to add from what you said earlier as well, just basically, you know, I challenge anybody to, in Simon Birmingham or anybody else that they never pick up a book or listen to a piece of music or, you know, and mm. it's absurd to even entertain the thought that those things are not integral to a human being's life and important. So, yes, I'm doing this because I'm a process-based actor. I've worked with Cameron for many years, started working with Cameron back in when I was at drama school in Ballarat in 2004. So I guess the process really began then um, of us collaborating as a writer-actor relationship. This is a very challenging piece of work for an actor. It's yeah. linguistically challenging, though it's very language-based. It's also, as Cameron was saying earlier, um, finding those dramatic moments and the dramatic tension of the scripts is, is challenging for an actor and I like to be challenged um, they're also quite physical, the sketches, which is also challenging. Yeah, no, absolutely. You've been bouncing off the walls through, 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 through this recording. It's been a sight, <laughs> yes, to, but it's been a sight to, to behold, Claire. Difficult to uh, convey over radio, but they are also quite physical. and. Yeah, which is why you have to turn up to see it. Indeed. Absolutely turn up to see it. I, I cannot recommend it strongly enough. This whole lifestyle choice, I mean, mm. I'm a, let's... Let's talk about yourself a little bit, if, if you don't mind, sure. in terms of when you decided that you were going to study this at tertiary level, mm -hmm. obviously you must have had some idea growing up that this is something that you wanted to be yep. as a vocation mm -hmm. or as a job mm -hmm. or as not necessarily just something to do. Mm. Now, that's an ambition that you as a young person had. Do you think that Simon Birmingham saying that these things are a lifestyle choice is actually going to prevent people in the future from travelling down a path that you've travelled to to get here today? It will prevent people if they can't afford to pay their university fees and they can't get that education. I don't think it will stop human beings from wanting to tell stories and wanting to create. I think, well, until we change into some other kind of being, I don't think that that's going to be, be something that will happen. But, but, but it is... You will have to create these things in poverty if it's not given assistance. We do now. We do now. I mean, okay, so I decided to be, ask me about myself, I decided I wanted to be a storyteller. I wanted to be an actor um, when I was quite young. Yeah. Um, I was never deluded about, I didn't want to be, you know, famous or anything like that. I wanted to just tell stories because I believe, and particularly through theatre, yeah. um, I think there's something very powerful, especially now with technology the way it is, about somebody alive standing in a room speaking and mm. moving and conveying that to a live audience. Mm. I think that's very precious. I guess, I guess the point, though, about the, uh, the lifestyle choice, the term, mm. it's, it's a euphemism yes. for the inessential. Yes, it is. Whereas yeah. it's, I, I'd like you could also instead of lifestyle, you could choice. You could say vocation or anything. I don't know. Well, I, mean, I think vocation is a very powerful. Yeah. Um, vocation means it's not just what I do, but it's what I am. Yes. I, I am a plumber. I am an actor. I yeah. am a musician. I, I am. It's a trade. I am it's, a doctor. I believe I have that. been called to it. I think so. And uh, and you know that's in doing that. I mean, it's like any job, but particularly with a job in the arts. Going down that way is like the way of the way of pain, you know. Like you're going to have to do jobs that are unrelated to what your vocation is mm -hmm. to support yourself. Yeah. And I think there's something I don't know. I mean, I sort of believe there's something to be admired in somebody deciding to go down that path and pursue it. Mm. And because I mean, this is a political sketch. This show, I think that's satire um, has always been a great way to get across um, oh, dangerous ideas. Oh, funny. <laughs> and it's funny, and it's also, you know, entertaining people and, you know, getting across dangerous ideas is a good yeah. combination as well. Yeah. I just, just to follow up on what you were saying, I mean, in terms of potential respect, because we have Simon Birmingham reinforcing mm. the idea, 
and I think very actively reinforcing the idea that what you're doing, this whole thing, this, this whole process, is, is a lifestyle choice. It, it's, mm. it's you guys having fun with stuff. It's not your, yes. proper, it's not your proper job. Mm. And I think that can be reinforced by the Minister for Education basically saying, well, I wrote some letters, so I know about writing, um, yeah. so I'm, I, I'm a writer. Yeah. Or I play guitar, so I'm a musician. Yeah. Or I did some painting once, so you know I'm I, I'm an artist. I can do that. These are yeah. these are I things that are not worthy of respect. Oh, I mean, right. yeah. it, it's a it's a it's a process of of devaluation, mm-hmm. so that you, uh, as a 17 year old, 16 year old, 18 year old, become part of the economic matrix. Mm. It's a denial of the way of the spirit. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Yes. Yeah, no. If you're wondering, just yeah. there through the ether, uh, <laughs> that, that's Jean. She's 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 calling in from um from Queensland. That's <laughs> that's why that's why her voice is so so particularly mm. distant. She's not in the back of the studio, opening her mouth because she can't keep it closed. No, 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 no she's not. Look, what next? What next? Because this will, of course, be a triumph. Because mm. um, all the dogs listeners will be turning up, and I'll be there too. But I think before we find out what's next, would you like to hear? And this is a rhetorical question to our listeners. Would you like to hear another sketch? Yes, we do. Here is indeed. Just after these messages, after these messages, we're going to have a little, another excerpt from this wonderful show, a song for Simon Birmingham, a lifestyle choice. Hi, my name's Sarah. I love coming here because they offer vegan food. Hi, my name's Paul. This is my first time at Friends of the Earth. I think it's really awesome and the food's great. Really healthy and nutritious. Friends of the Earth Food Co-op, 312 Smith Street, Collingwood. A tuneful experience. A 3CR supporter. For three years, teachers have had their qualifications, their pay, their pensions and their working conditions attacked relentlessly by this government. I'm a proud product of a government-funded primary school education and of a government-funded secondary school education. Australia is one of the richest and luckiest countries in the world and there's no reason whatsoever why we can't have the very best public schools in the world. It's simply not good enough that kids with disability miss out. Our education is not for profit! Our education is not for profit! You're listening to The Dogs, The Defence of Government Schools, on 3CR. The Housing Crisis The comfort of knowing that your anxiety attack will be conducted behind rammed earth walls and mud brick gives an ethical quality to all modern-day depression event situations and aggressive tendencies. Couples will delight in the seizure and swearing while arm-waving opportunities of the main vestibule. The acoustic treatment with perforated plasterboard combined with high ceilings provide a sense of space and motion for the elongated debrief of the returning employee, while child-friendly surfaces throughout encourage thrown items or missile derivative domestic objects as do the vibrant colours of the butler's kitchen and meals area. Enjoy the security of the screamer's nook, where the bluestone thermal mass, coupled with corrugated iron exterior, provides soundproofing peace of mind for unfiltered ranting at a temperature conducive to blowing a gasket, but not the household budget. Two master panic rooms are conveniently situated in an opposite location to the master bedroom, where dual, private and unfettered hand-wringing can be orchestrated within easy access of the retrofitted 
repurposed third bathroom, allowing couples to reflect on the cost of their exorbitant and utterly indulgent dwelling and the emptiness of private household debt fueled exhaustion. Beyond the fashionably narrowed portico corridor, ideal for unanticipated proximity, the detached guest's retreat, made from recycled timber, doubles as a berating room for owner-occupants who will find the intimacy of the straw insulation a charm as they loudly contemplate the superfluity of the construction throughout those stagnant winter weekends. Those who are less self-aware of their domestic trauma will feel at home on the recycled brick patio where the public-private tension can be ignored beside the bespoke clay pizza oven, (laughs) a semi-secluded and picturesque setting for those spontaneous courtyard spats. (laughs) Indeed. Another excerpt there from the songs for Simon Birmingham, a lifestyle choice, um, performed there, of course, by Cameron Severs, written as well by Cameron Severs. Cameron, I would have to say, has one of those unique talents, something I wish I possessed and I do not, which is the ability to make long words make sense. That, of course, is from the songs of Simon Birmingham. What next after this, Cameron? Some serious work. (laughs) Uh, No, no, no. no, no. Disappointment abounds in this. No, 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 no. There's actually a part two. Uh, uh, I wrote about 70 sketches last year, um, got on a run, as they say, and um, this is really just part one. Other than that, there's uh, there's a couple of options uh, in London, as I mentioned, and I hope... Caitlin, if you're listening, I hope a rather challenging play called National Security that we want to do very much. Uh, So lots in the pipelines and also a a rather big film project happening as well, which is kind of alongside the sketch project, yeah. Okay, you could tell me, but you'd have to kill me about the film project, is that right? No, no, I won't won't ever kill you, Robert. Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, there I am, Destined to Die of Natural Causes. Thank you very much, Cameron, and thank you very much, Claire, for your your, your time that you've given us here and, indeed, your creative efforts, which we appreciate more than just a a series of lifestyle choices, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure our listeners do as well. Um, Again, thank you very much. Just to remind our listeners, they are quoting from and they are performing from a show at La Mama Theatre, which starts on the 28th. That's just a couple of days away. It's next it week, is, isn't next it? next week. Oh, you must be getting nervous and interested about the whole mm, process. Yeah. It's called a songs, songs, several of them. For song, s- song, song, song. Just one song. Just one song. <laughs> just one song, lots of verses. For Simon Birmingham, a lifestyle choice. If you do want to turn up and you've got $20.30, you can go if you're a concession. And if you're full price, like us taxpayers, we're very happy to have our taxes pay, <laughs> pay for this work, by the way. Extremely yeah, happy. Absolutely. $30.30. Uh, you can get tickets, of course, at the La Mama website or indeed the Melbourne International Comedy Festival website. Freely available if you have inter- in sort of access to the interwebs. Want to defend government schools? We are the DOGS, D-O-G-S, Defenders of Government Schools. Every week on the DOGS program we have a special segment to show a different state school is a great school. If you're a parent or if you're a kid or if you're involved in the school in any way whatsoever and you love your state school, give 3CR a call. We want to hear about these schools that we're defending. Brunswick Secondary State schools are great. Harkaway Primary School. Sunshine North Primary School. They're really concerned about the welfare of the kids and their growth as people as well as learning. Like you put on plays, you've got enrichment, you've got physical education, visual arts, languages, all that. In fact, is there a cooking? Actually an embracing of kids from disadvantaged backgrounds and with additional needs. More than half of your kids are from some of the poorest families in Australia. Yeah, definitely. That's the community and that's who we're servicing and that's that's who we welcome into the school. Outdoor play is linked to healthier and happier children. This, in turn, leads to better grades. In the weekly assemblies and stuff, they have a little thing, uh, you've been caught being good, and they have a a value of the week each week, and so it's not just words that he's actually... So so what do the teachers do when it's a building site? 
Yeah, they kick themselves out of their own staff room and turn into a classroom. Just a really nice culture and an emphasis on social skill building as well as learning. Quite a range of intellectual ability and kids with mental health diagnoses, refugee kids, kids who have not been in the country very long, don't necessarily start off with a Positive great deal. relationships with each other, with the teachers and with the community. And they run a, a breakfast club. There's a recognition that some kids don't get breakfast and so there's, there's food on. If you are involved in a state school and it's a great school, we'd love to hear from you so we can talk about it and tell the world. Leave a message for the dogs at 3CR on 9419 State schools are great schools. Great state schools. Every week on the Doctor Program we have a special segment to show a different state school is a great school. State schools are great schools. School of the week. State school. School of the school. week. Great state schools. State, state schools. schools school are great of the week. Schools. School for the week here on the Dogs Program. Welcome back to the Dogs Program here on 3CR 855 on the AM dial. And this week, as every week, we have our great state school to highlight. And today's great state school is in Melbourne. It's down there in the west, and it's in Hopper's Crossing. Hopper's Crossing Secondary College. Now, Hopper's Crossing Secondary College is, is something that many people who went to school many, many years ago would recognise. It's a local school that services the local population. And the local population is a mix, I can tell you right now. Language background from other than English for kids down there is 41% of the kids in that school come from a language background other than English. Also, 84% of the kids in this school come from the poorest half of Australia. In fact, 54% come from the lowest quartile. The school's ICSIA value is 942, which is well below 1,000. Well below a thousand. A thousand being the median school for all people, all children in Australia. So um, if you were looking at this school from the outside of Australia, you'd say, oh, that's a school for where all the poor kids go. Um, if you're looking inside in Australia, of course, we don't say that because we don't have poor children. We don't, we don't have poor children in Australia. We just have less advantage. And if you listen to private school lobbies, they say all the poor kids are, um, are, are in Catholic schools or in poor independent schools, which, of course, is just complete rubbish. Um, they're in state schools. And one of the schools they're in is Hopper's Crossing Secondary College. Um, look, 13%, of course, of the kids in, in, in this school are from the richest half, and 3% are actually from the most wealthy parents and, and families in Australia. But nevertheless, you could say Hopper's Crossing are dealing with what's in front of them down at Hopper's Crossing, which is not a wealthy demographic. But you know what? Hopper's Crossing, they don't care. They just don't care. They have the values of a state school. The values of the state school is if you turn up and you live around here, you are welcome. You are welcome in this school. And I've been working in this school on and off now. I can, personally, I have been down there for many, many years, and it's a school that's on the rise. I can tell you right now. So if you're living down there and you're wondering about where to send your kid to a high school, Hopper's Crossing is a good school to send your kid to. And I can tell you that because of their NAPLAN results, which are just measurements, which we spent the day criticising, of course. But the measurement, the numbers are good numbers. Compared to all Australian students, they are doing just fine. Compared to... Compared to similar schools, they are doing very well indeed. Thank you very much. And they've already, unlike a lot of private schools, got, got their marks in for 2017. 
If you go to the MySchool website, you'll find that all the state schools have got their numbers in because they did their homework properly over the holidays, whereas most private schools, it takes them a year or two to catch up on theirs. But as far as they're doing, um, in terms of writing, we're talking about writing before, down at Hoppers Crossing, um, it would please Cameron no end. He should go and work down there because the writing scores for the Year 9 students at Hoppers Crossing are substantially above the, the scores they're getting are substantially above not just similar schools, but they stand, they're substantially above all students in Australia. So something's going on in the English department down there. So that's a good school. Takes all comers. Doing just fine. Thank you very much. And certainly in writing, they're doing excellently. How much does this cost? Me, the taxpayer. Well, when you have poor community, and when you have, and you have the average student to educate, and we keep saying to educate, an average student in Australia in sex secondary college takes about $13,000 of taxpayers' money a year. And, of course, if you have poorer students, then the rule goes that if you come from poorer families, then you need more money because you need more help because that's just apparently the way it is here in Australia. But down at Hoppers Crossing, they don't get more money. $13,153 per kid. And using that money efficiently, effectively and accountably, they are doing wonderful things with their kids. And how much do the parents have to contribute? School fees for Hoppers Crossing are $400 a year, and that is voluntary. If you can't afford it, you don't pay it. It's just that simple. So this is the sort of school that if Gonski 1.0 was actually working, would be getting a lot more money. And those kids would be doing a lot better, thank you very much, because the school is humming along, absolutely humming along. Attendance rates for all students are up around about 90%, which again is very good for a school like that. So congratulations. I could go on about Hoppers Crossing, but of course we're running out of time. But Hoppers Crossing Secondary College, you are a great state school for the week. Well, that's all we have time for here today on the Dogs Program. If you'd like to find out more about what we're on about, um, and if you'd like to hear this program again, you can go to our website, www.adogs.info. That's www.adogs.info. Or indeed you can catch up with, catch up with us at the 3CR website at 3, that's the number, 3cr.org.au. That's 3cr.org.au. But until next week, of course, when we'll hear more news, reviews and interviews, hopefully, uh, until next week, it's bye for now. Standing there 
as big as life, smiling with his eyes, says Joe what they can never kill, went on to organize, went on to organize. From San Diego up to Maine, in every mine and mill, where workers strike and organize, it's there you find your hill. It's there you find your hill. I dreamed I saw Joe Hill last night, alive as you and me. Says I, but Joe. You're ten years dead. I never died, says he. I never died, says he. I never died, says he. Thank you. 